0: Don't say, don't say it. Don't you dare say it. Crystal, Sagar, breaking points. This is by far the best discussion that I've seen on Florida's new controversial bill. We are more polarized than ever in this country. And a lot of times it seems we don't even know the reason why. We don't talk with each other, we talk past each other. So on this video, I am going to be reacting to a clip From breaking points of Crystal Ball, who is a left-leaning progressive, and Sagar, who is a conservative, and they do a new show together. And in one of Crystal's recent monologues, it all came to a head where she addressed the controversy about this bill. And Sagar pushed back.
1: Ruslan.
0: Regardless on what your views are about this bill, odds are you're going to be offended from watching this video. I'm giving you guys pre-warning, but I think if you watch till the end, I will share a story about me in the fourth grade actually having an LGBTQ teacher and how that played out, and it may shock you, so make sure you watch till the very end. Crystal Sagar, Breaking Points, been a followers, fan of theirs for a long time because I think they provide pretty reasonable takes on current events and news, and they ventured off, started Breaking Points, which is their own channel that they own, and I'm actually a premium supporter of theirs. I encourage people, if you like content, supporting them directly really does help Support us on Patreon if you like for 10 bucks a month. I've been a premium supporter of theirs for 10 bucks a month, and why I tell you that is because this clip is not public. So, hopefully, you guys aren't mad at me for reacting to this clip. This is not public. I actually tweeted Crystal and Sagar, encouraged them to put this out, and they said they would. So, maybe they'll have this exchange on their channel. I'm going to jump in to Crystal's critique of some of this entire situation with Disney in Florida. And then it'll segue into this part of them kind of going back and forth and arguing over this. And and the reason why I'm showing you guys this is, one, I think we need to see more people disagreeing with each other while still remaining respectful. I also think that, too, we need to actually hear each other and not just talk past each other. And I think they did a good job here. So if you guys don't know who Crystal is, she self-identifies as a progressive. She's been really behind the Amazon union protest, the Starbucks protest, platforming some of that stuff, and also calling out some of the hypocrisy from folks on the left, like AOC, who she's gone back and forth with, okay? So I think Crystal is solid, even though I disagree with a lot of our politics and a lot of our views. And I don't think either of these folks share my faith world paradigm. Okay.
2: Remind everybody, especially my friends on the left, that Disney is actually bad. <laughs> if you are on the left, Walt Disney Corporation is not and will never be an ally in any fight. Their products have been made in inhumane sweatshops.
0: So, one, I appreciate you telling folks on left. like, stop acting like Disney is this, like, virtuous organization that's looking out for equality and fair, like, it's not.
2: 2018 report found that 11% were paid so poorly they were actually homeless. Two-thirds were food insecure and a majority worried about facing eviction. Disney is taking this stance in this fight because they think it's going to help their bottom line, aligning them with the values of the affluent PMC. It's that simple. It's a vague gesture towards progressive principles intended to bolster market position with the tolerant majority. In response, DeSantis and the Republicans decided they were going to do something to show how tough they were about standing up to Disney's fake progressivism. So they passed a bill revoking Disney's special tax district, something called Reedy Creek.
0: No. Disney is kind of silly for involving themselves in this entire situation. But the census is equally as petty for, for revoking this and, and having it pass so fast.
2: But the reality is actually quite different. A local reporter dug deeply into the likely consequences. And basically, the primary benefit Disney gains from the Reedy Creek district is the ability to govern themselves, but it actually comes with a higher tax bill for Disney. They tax themselves to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars and use it to then pay for essential services, things like police and fire and sewer. Essentially. Disney has accepted higher taxes for the ability to flexibly self-govern. Without the special tax district, that tax burden that was previously shouldered by Disney is now instead going to be passed to local county residents, not to mention responsibility for the debts that Reedy Creek has accrued.
0: So it sounds like, according to her, that DeSantis pulling this thing where they lose their special tax privilege could potentially backfire on the residents there. They have to pick up the taxes.
2: In other words, the GOP's attack on Disney is fake. It won't really hurt Disney. But it feels like it'll hurt Disney. And in the culture war, the show, that's all that ultimately matters. You got a fake ally in Disney making a fake stand over a likely meaningless law with fake consequences devised by a culture warrior who is really just using this whole fake fight to fuel his own political ambitions. Meanwhile, the plutocrat class. Is that what's happening? And just look on and laugh as the heated battlegrounds of politics are increasingly focused on these theatrical displays of divisive cultural signaling instead of a material politics that could actually rebalance the scales and provide basic dignity to American families.
0: The question is, who's actually doing this, right? Like, to to brush this off as, like, DeSantis and all these guys are just trying to pick social issues to fight a culture war over, yes, I think this part of it is definitely some virtue signaling here, but to assume that they're the ones instigating all of this, the left seems like they're handing DeSantis the presidency on a silver platter, like all of these issues repeatedly coming up, and this man consistently having the net positive migration of any state out there, where people are consistently moving over to Florida, they're clearly going to Florida for some reason. Uh, no uh, state income tax, uh, more friendly to businesses. He was trying to recruit Joe Rogan and those guys to come down to Florida, right? So I think she, I think she's missing the fact that like it's it's not just unprovoked. Like I think this is a, a back and forth. Maybe him doing this thing about the revoking tax exempt status is is going to backfire. Again, I don't know. She's quoting someone that did the research on this. I'm not sure how it all works.
2: That's why, without a doubt, the most important political fight in the country is the one that's being fought that we just talked about by workers at Starbucks and Amazon and elsewhere. It's the correct battle with the correct divide. And it's not going to confuse people into thinking that Ben Shapiro is against corporate power or Disney is a progressive ally or that we should fight to defend the sanctity of corporate civil rights.
0: You notice she talks about unions. So they highly promoted the Amazon union. They highly promoted uh, the, the Starbucks union. Apparently Starbucks employees are looking to unionize. She's hoping that the Disney employees unionize. I don't I don't have a direct issue with unions. I'm not super familiar with how it works. I know it tends to protect workers' rights and so on and so forth, especially with corporations as big as an Amazon. You would think the average consumer would want more checks and balances for how those folks are treating. Being treated, considering all of us are benefiting from the services this is the meat of the conversation listen to this back and
2: forth oh me a little bit nuts
1: yeah i mean it should i on the disney part i think it's so funny that they own themselves by having to now raise property taxes for to so remember sagar
0: is more right-leaning he's more conservative on these issues so listen to this back and forth
1: i, I think they'll figure it out i, I do got to say and I, i'll stick up for the right-wing listener base of this i don't think this is an attack on gay people and i just think that framing it that way is just not
0: okay so sagar says i don't think this is an attack
1: on that community. This is a, it is. I, I, it's, it's really you not. think that I, there's
2: going to be lawsuits over if some straight teacher talks about their like the impetus, heterosexual marriage? Of no, course not. I
1: think the impetus of the bill is about teachers. As, in terms of the extent of this, lives of TikTok possibly made it larger than it is. But like there are teachers and nurses which are you know pushing trans ideology um, with young kids, which parents don't necessarily want their kids to be taught about. Now,
0: now that sounds like most of the folks's issue. Parent Protection Act don't push ideology on children K through third grade. Don't do that. They don't want that in Florida. I believe there's going to be other states that pass
1: similar bills. Look, should I think the nation's attention should be focused on that? No. Is it largely a limited instance with these teachers? Yes. But, this but is, I don't think it's the about, thing. It's, it's not it, about a burger. I mean, film. so
2: many I, times though, we've talked yeah. about how dishonest it is to find one example of saying something cringy totally. and then make it like, oh, this is a whole thing. And this is, they're creating a moral panic. And it is specifically, as you said, about gay people and about trans people. Well, I don't and think
0: so- about- well she's missing is that the reason why libs of TikTok is so massive is because it isn't just one or two crazy people on the fringes. There's hundreds, if not thousands of these people who are teachers that are on these public platforms like TikTok self-snitching and exposing themselves.
1: This isn't just
0: a minority, because, yes, she's right. If you're always going to look at the most radical, uh, proud boys, far-right militant, if you're a Republican, you're a white supremacist. I hear you, Crystal, right? But I think if anything Libs of TikTok has taught us is that it's not just a fringe minority on the far, far, far left. Well, I think it's about trans ideology amongst young kids. No, but there's that's also... That's the
2: key. And also,
0: I think it's about trans ideology amongst young people kids
2: well, here's the other issue it's like sex ed is already illegal well, in florida. florida
0: ah okay didn't know that. that that's that's a great point she makes it's already illegal in florida k through five okay okay now we're getting somewhere this is
1: the problem why are five so like, like what is this ultimately about, about? This
2: anyway? it's about culture war
1: I, I don't disagree but i mean there are instances of kindergarten teacher teachers like pushing trans ideology amongst these what girls? do you mean by this?
2: pushing trans ideology so they're-
0: What do you mean by pushing trans ideology? There are instances. And then listen, Sagar come with the facts here.
2: The other thing that's really disgusting and pernicious about this is being like, if you're trans, ergo, or you're talking about this at all, ergo, you're grooming kids. Which is disgusting. And that's that's
0: I think the word grooming is unfair. I don't think you should use the word grooming if someone comes from this community and once representation. I don't think you should instantly default to grooming under all circumstances. I don't think that's the right wording for this because I do think it's unnecessarily polarizing.
1: So when I say pushing trans ideology, I'm not talking about making, you know, you're a teacher and you're like, hey, my pronouns are they, them. I believe in a free country, you do whatever you want. I'm talking about, and again, I hate, I don't even like delving into this stuff, but like the transition closets, you have nurses which are pushing hormones on the young.
0: So he's giving you an example, transition closets, nurses pushing hormones and telling them not to mention it to their parents. Okay, so now he's giving you specific language and specific things that are happening. If you guys didn't know, this is a case in California right now where someone is suing a school district. And you guys could look this up. I think I covered it on the channel where there's a couple teachers that leaked recordings came out of them talking about how to like Flip conservative places of California, and that there's a, I believe, a fifth or sixth grader that was conditioned. This is all like you guys can verify this, that was kind of manipulated into thinking that they were of the opposite gender. And then they wanted to be called different pronouns, had a different name. They brought the mom in. The mom is shocked. Why didn't you guys tell me this? They called CPS on the mom. This really happened. And then the mom ends up pulling the child out of that. Public school transitioning into a different school. The child is, I think, 13 now, and she is not identifying with the opposite gender. She's back to using her original name, so on and so forth. And this is like sixth grade. This is this is really early.
1: So these things do happen, and these teachers are on administrative leave right now. GSA clubs popping in with, uh, you know, like young children, and they're saying, like, we're going to protect this from the parents and not tell them about what's happening. I think the policy should be: you, if it's a child, if you want to explore whatever you want, you should talk to your parents about it we can come to sex ed and we can talk about ideology all we want k through three yeah i mean i don't see any reason why it should be pushed now that being said k through three
0: is what the bill says framing it as a don't say bill is how these folks played themselves because any objective person who's not radically left can just look at what the bill says (laughs) like Oh, it doesn't say this. Oh, this is vague. Oh, this community doesn't feel comfortable. Okay, but that's not what it says. It says K through third shouldn't be taught these sorts of things. Hmm, okay. This is what I mean by they're handing DeSantis the presidency. Contingent on Trump not running.
1: It also talks to you about what their executive classes focus on. They're like, oh, my child is a pansexual, whatever. You know, your kid, you do whatever you want. But whenever they do that type of stuff, they're ignoring the fact that you have homeless Disney workers. And they uh, want, so,
2: yes, they I, just, want I think on the re, bill itself, framing re- it as a tax stigmatize. on gays is not right. It's true. It's, they want to
1: re-sagar, so spot on here.
2: Stigmatize anything that is not heteronormative. And so if you have individual teachers who are a problem and they're doing things that are against the law, then you go after those individual teachers.
0: Absolutely, She's okay with these teachers being held accountable and being disciplined, okay? So it sounds like even though it was already illegal through fifth grade, they then changed it so that they, they introduced this, this bill so that these teachers could be held accountable if they violated the other law. That's what it's sounding like to me.
2: Sex ed is already banned in Florida. So they, from K to five, So this is really just about signaling like I'm against, you know, trans ideology and I'm going to stand, you know, with the conservative base on this, framing it as a parental rights issue when really it's.
0: Framing it as a parental rights issue is brilliant. If we're talking straight marketing, that's how he should have framed it, and that's why it's won, and that's why it's so popular amongst
1: folks in Florida.
2: It's an anti-gay virtue signal bill. That's what it is. It's an attempt to re-stigmatize things that have become increasingly accepted. You
1: know, it's dramatically popular, Crystal. It's got 63% approval in the state of Florida, and I think that's, there's a reason for that, right? And, you know, I just push... I, I just think it's, you're doing a disservice to it by saying it's anti-gay because 55% of Republicans support
0: but gay do you marriage. Think- 55% of Republicans support marriage for folks in that community. I
2: think that ultimately there's gonna be an issue if you have a straight teacher who's talking about their marriage in class. No, no
0: I don't. Of course uh, and not. I also if don't you think you g- though that a gay- if- I don't think there should be straight any, why are you talking about your marriage and your personal life, K through third? I don't wanna hear about that. I don't want my kids hearing about anybody's marriage. Personally, like what is it when is this even a pro like aren't we supposed to be teaching kids like math and science? And what are we talking about?
2: I have talking a gay teacher talking about their same-sex partner Do you think that's much more likely to face a lawsuit ultimately and somebody be accused of like all your green grooming children or whatever? Ridiculous more likely
0: regardless on how you feel about that. That would be foul if a Person comes and mentions their spouse and there's in and, and the spouse is opposite sex Okay and there's no consequences for that, but all of a sudden somebody could take someone mentioning their same sex spouse, and then there could be consequences. But that. that's not that's not okay. I think that's foul. My pushback would just be like, why are y'all talking about any of this stuff at work? If if the standard is, how about you just don't talk about your personal lives at work? I don't I don't quite fo- follow along when it's appropriate. And I'm gonna tell you guys my story about having a teacher in fourth grade and and what that was like. But yeah, let's keep watching
2: they want to push it outside of mainstream make it like this is weird and deviant and this is the norm and the standard i
0: I think i don't think that's it i don't think that's i I don't think that's it at all i think it's this is something that i don't want my children being taught by anyone who's not me and what we
1: talk about in our household what i wish we were fighting about is whether the school district gets more funding or not like (laughs) well i (laughs) think that's that's a good
2: way to close it because ultimately if you are a parent a public school parent as i am yeah the thing that you probably should be most concerned with is the cuts to public education. Yeah, what's education? the math yeah. budget? <laughs> yeah, and, right, exactly. And those things never seem to get very much attention. You'll have people flooding into school board meetings over some vaguely worded law. Part of what why we're arguing about it is because it could mean anything um, or nothing and have no impact or be far reaching. Um, so instead of, you know, they'll flood the school board to talk about that. But the thing that is actually going to be most impactful to your kids' education, the budget funding, suddenly that, you know, that gets cut and cut and cut and no one even knows.
1: You actually showed me this. It made me so sad. She makes a good point, which is that there was a I think it was here in Virginia. There was a CRT meeting where it was completely full and somebody put it side by side at the school commentary teacher uh, school commentary session for PTA that nobody showed up for, which was the funding <laughs> of the actual school. So y'all are goofy for that. That's goofy.
0: You turn it up for these types of meetings. You turn it up for it. Right. And then like how the school gets funded. You're like, nah, who cares that that's 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 goofy.
1: Okay, guys, like, look, I'm not saying these things aren't important, but the other things are as well. And, like, if this is all that's going to be rural politics, like, your kid could literally have his school slashed by 45%. But as long as, you know, you focus on this, then I just – look, priorities, I think they are all mixed up in general. Uh, and unfortunately, though, this
2: is the way the politics is going. Indeed. It's looking-
0: okay, so um, kudos to them for having this conversation. I thought this was good. I think we need to see more of this. I think they – uh, disagreed passionately. No one got called a bigot. No one was told they were a homophobe. It was a good back and forth. And it was, it, it is an emotional conversation because you're talking about kids potentially getting indoctrinated and in something you may not want them to get indoctrinated in versus a community that hasn't been treated the best, especially by folks in a church with regards to, uh, you know, equality and mistreatment historically. So I, I, I hear, I hear the the tension I like the conversation. I think we need to have more of these conversations. When I was in fourth grade, I went to John Adams Elementary School here in San Diego. Now, if you guys don't know San Diego, San Diego is in Southern California. In Southern California, it tends to be viewed as this like hyper liberal part of the country. The only issue is San Diego has three military bases. San Diego, especially where I'm at now in North County, tends to lean way more conservative. Why? Because when people come from other places, they tend to have more conservative values. If you're coming from the South, if you're coming from other parts of the country, the Midwest, so on and so forth. So San Diego um, tends to be a bit more conservative than the rest of California. And people think California, you guys tend to think like, oh, it's all about L.A. and San Francisco. You're not thinking about Redding. You're not thinking about Orange County. You're not thinking about San Diego. San Diego is a very uh, different place than the rest of California. But I say all that to say, when I was in fourth grade, I went to John Adams Elementary. This is 1993, 94-ish. Okay? And I had a teacher. I don't remember his name. He was a same-sex attracted man. I think he may have been in a relationship. I really don't remember. And you know what? This is way back in the day. We all knew. This is fourth grade. We all knew. Everyone knew. And he was dearly beloved by the entire classroom. You may have had some really... Critical, cynical folks that thought he shouldn't be teaching, but we were in fourth grade, knew well, well, fourth grade, we knew what it was, we knew what time he was on, we knew, we knew what he was on, and he, you know, San Diego also has a community called Hillcrest, which tends to be a bit more flamboyant with their expression, and this dude wasn't mistreated by students. There was no like crazy talk back. Like, no one said nothing wild to him. That was like our guy. Like we loved our teacher. He was awesome, and I remember. The only time, the only time he got reprimanded, it had nothing to do with us knowing about his sexuality. It had nothing to do with him being gay. It had nothing to do with any of that. The only time he got reprimanded, we would do this thing where we would pass like... A stick. We'd sit in a circle and we'd pass a stick. And in fourth grade, you were with the same teacher pretty much the whole classroom. Meaning that like you didn't you didn't you didn't go from class to class, right? That didn't start happening till like sixth or seventh grade. So we were in and we'd have these like sit-down ground circle discussions, right? And so we'd pass this like stick and then people would get to share and that, that's what it was, right? You get to share your feelings and how you felt and whatever. And get, this is early 90s, San Diego, California. And so I don't even remember what we, were, what we were talking about, but he was really passionate about something, about, I don't know what he was passionate about. And he like slipped up and dropped the F-bomb in front of the whole class. And then his face turned red. He he was like, he like did this. And he was super embarrassed. He apologized. Like, guys, I'm so sorry. Da, 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 da. And he did get reprimanded for that. And that was the only time I ever remember him getting reprimanded. That was the only time. Now, maybe from his perspective as a, you know, as a gay man in the 90s in San Diego, it was maybe it was very difficult. I'm sure he faced different challenges back then than teachers do now. But it wasn't this like, get him the hell out of here. He's like, it wasn't that no one was on that time back then in a fairly conservative place for Southern California. Right. And so I think these sorts of conversations are necessary. And I think as followers of Jesus, it's important for us, those of you guys that identify as people to faith. It's important for us to listen to people, not in a way to like weaponize empathy and you gotta be empathetic and you gotta believe what I say and hear my feelings, but in a sense that like you at least wanna know what the actual arguments are for or against your position on a situation like this, so that you're not straw manning, right? You're not you're not calling it something it isn't. And for the first time in a long time, we're seeing these. I don't know, for the first time in a long time, but with this specific case, we're seeing a lot of straw manning with folks on the far left with regards to just recalling the bill, something that it doesn't say at all. And I think that's where these folks, again. Again, if you guys didn't like Donald Trump and you guys don't like conservatives being in power, okay, I understand. Maybe don't do these sorts of things and get this man elected two years before any of this stuff. If Trump doesn't run, DeSantis is becoming the next president for a fact. Like, it's happening. And it's just, it's, unless there's some crazy, something, something so wild to dig up on him, I don't think, it doesn't seem like it's going to happen. But if he doesn't run, DeSantis is going to be president. And you know who elected him? The far left. The far left. Because. Guys like Rogan, guys like Elon Musk, guys like myself are all be a uh, Bill Maher. All of us who are like kind of centrist—I call myself politically agnostic. You know, I, I hail King Jesus. I'm not aligned to a political party. I'm a registered independent. I've never, I've never been registered Democrat or Republican. All of us who are in the center, in light of these cultural issues, and this is the part where I think Crystal is kind of missing it, are getting pushed further and further and further to into the right, and that's whack. And that's how you lose. Liberals, leftists, hear me. This is how you lose the culture wars. This is how you lose the presidency. This is how these sorts of things go down. Because you're taking people that are sensible people. Mm, mm, mm. Oh, you're a bigot. Mm, you know, you're 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 a transphobe. Mm, right. Like, think about this for a second. This is a real quote. I'm not making this up. I'm not making this up. NPR quoted. It is on their website right now. I'm pretty sure you can still look it up. NPR said that Dave Chappelle used white privilege when he punched down on the trans community in his latest special. Make that make sense for me. If you want to hear what sparked this entire debacle off with regards to Disney losing their special tax exempt status and the leaked videos that came out from Disney saying this sorts of thing, be sure to check out my video right here unpacking the entire thing.